0: Welcome you to church. Mind us real quick while we get set up here. Uh, we We're are tag, tag teaming team
1: this morning. Tag team
0: today. So i uh, got a lot of different parts up here, chairs and stools and all good stuff. But uh, we are excited to be with you guys this morning. Let's give it up for our worship team Woo-hoo! again for uh, leading us into God's presence.
1: Awesome job.
0: And uh, again, good morning and welcome to Alive Family Church, we're so glad to have you guys here with us, both in person and hey, another quick shout out to all you uh, online, Alive Family Online. We love you guys. We thank you for tuning in today. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun in church today. Yes. We already have been having already, fun, yeah. right? Everybody's <clears throat> caffeinated. We're feeling good. The sun's out. It's good. But man, uh, what God, I believe, wants to share with all of us as a church today is, uh, is really powerful. It can really, really change our perspective in our life. And so if you're joining us today, you came uh, on the right day, even if you're a first-time guest or visitor, you've been with us for a while, we are starting a brand-new series that we are titled, This Is Us. And uh, we're going to be talking about who we are as a church, where we're going as a church, and how we all can find ourselves in the midst of the story that we believe God is writing here at Alive.
1: Yes, we are so excited. And if we could be honest, we are just busting at the seams with vision, this is a bit of a, a vision series. Who are we? Where are we going as a church? And there is so much on our heart to share. We hope we can get it all yeah. out in the next couple weeks here as we talk about what is God's vision for us personally and what is God's vision for us collectively. We're calling this series "This Is Us." You know, inspiration from the the famous TV show "This Is Us." Eric and I are big fans. We barely ever miss a Tuesday night. Um, <clears throat> But um the reason we're calling it this is us because we're talking about who are we who is us as a church and because there's something about story that is so powerful I think this Is such, This is Us is such a popular TV show. And Okay, just raise your hands. Who knows or sword. who has watched This Is Us before? Confession
0: time, yeah. Who, who's seen in the show? Who if has no idea
1: what we're talking about? It's all good. I understand. When people talk about The Office, I'm the same way. I'm like, huh, what? And,
0: and, and Yeah, that's like a <laughs> yes. blasphemy to like 90% of that <laughs> congregation know. when you said you haven't watched The Office. So now, anyways, but. we're
1: not going to – Ella, our daughter, was like, Mom, are you like preaching about the show? And I'm like, no, it's just like an illustration. Like <laughs> – just like we watch a show like this is us and we we like the show because we can see ourselves in it or we can see our family members in it. Or we relate with us. We we connect with the story. We find our place in the story. We find ourselves in the story. That's the heartbeat of this this series is who are we as a church family and and how can we all find our place, find our identity, find our purpose within the greater story of us. Yeah,
0: so you don't have to be this is us fans. We doesn't mean you have to go watch the next episode or binge watch all the seasons to understand anything we're talking about this month, all right? So just to set some of you free, you're like, I I, I don't care, and I still don't care after this (laughs) message. Awesome. Hook in with us. This series is for you, but the reason why we love this package is it's just a real show full of real relationships and real issues and real life struggles, right? For those of you guys that are fans of the show, a lot of times we can see ourselves and maybe our marriage, our relationship, and caught up just like Jack and Becca are, or their three kids, the big three Kate and um, Randall and Kevin, uh, these three kind of triplets that grow up together, and they're interesting dynamics with their in-laws and all that kind of stuff, we see uh, I love Beth, Randall's wife. She is a fire fireball. I love her spunk, right? We laugh about her. Toby and his issues and getting through and then God bless Kevin. If You guys are a fan of the show. Man, his stock goes up and down week to week, right? We, on, yeah,
1: season one we hated Kevin. Well, we're like, yeah, now we're, we're like, oh, a, Kevin's kind of a oh, good guy. Oh, yeah.
0: So, you know, now he's doing all right. You know, he's, he's choosing to commit bless God for Madison and her patience with Kevin, but you just never know what's going to happen next episode, so you're always holding your breath. But,
1: and that's all we're going to say about This is And us. that's all
0: we're we're going to say about the series, and that's it, right? so, okay. um, some of you guys are curious, like, what is this show all about? So
1: there is something about a good story, right? And God, we believe, is the best story writer. Amen. He has a story for us individually. He has a story for us collectively as a church, and we believe that God has written and is writing your story. A couple of scriptures we want to go to. One is in Psalm 139, verse 16. Um, it's, It's David singing to God about how God views him, and he's saying, God, you saw my unformed body. It's talking about how God knits us together in our mother's womb, and it goes on to say this. You saw my unformed body. That's just wild. Like, we could just soak in that for a minute. God knew us before we were fully formed. And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And so the scripture talks about how God has stories that he has written for us to walk out before we have yet walked them out. God's a good story writer. We're part of the story that he's writing. And a scripture that's similar to that is found in Ephesians 2.10, where it says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So just kind of side note, we don't believe in predestination. We believe that we have free will. It's not like, oh, God already told me what he already wrote the book, so I'm just walking it out. No, we believe that we have been given free will, but he has things prepared in advance for us to do if we yield to him. And so he has a great adventure. He has a great story. He has great purpose. Like we talked about during worship, he has a divinely implanted sense of purpose within all of us. And, you know, our job is to be like, God, what is your purpose for me? What is the gifts you have put in me? What is the story that you're writing in my life? Because I want to walk it out because I believe that it's good. So we all long to have legacy. We all want to make a difference on earth, and we all have that longing that God has planted within us. You know, the Apostle Paul talks about how our lives are epistles, which means letters. Our lives, our very lives are letters that the world reads. They're letters that God is writing to the world as we as we live for God. People watch our life. They read the story of our life, and it's a witness to the goodness and the love of God. And so our hope is in this series that you catch the vision, that you catch the story of what God is writing in your life personally But then how that interweaves in the story that God is writing for us collectively as a church family. You know, as pastors, our job is to lead and feed the local church, the the local flock that he's held us responsible for. And a big part of this series is leading and saying, hey, this is where we are right now but we, we feel like God is leading us here long-term and here short-term. And so let's make sure we're all facing the same direction and let's go to the place that God has prepared for us, yeah. metaphorically speaking. And you see God using vision all throughout Scripture. You know, Scripture says without vision, people perish. And all throughout Scripture, God is, is painting vision. He's showing, you know, Scripture says the Holy Spirit does show us things to come And so, um, in the book of Genesis, we see God painting vision for Abraham, and we see that a little bit of what this series is. You can see it in Genesis 13, verse 14 through 16. Um, God is talking to Abraham, and he says this. He says, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you currently are. Look northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants Forever, And so God is having, before Abraham goes into the land, God's giving him a vision for it. And he's saying, hey, arise, pause. You're currently here. This is currently what I have for you. But there's something beyond that. I want you to arise. It goes on to say, arise, walk in the land through its length and through its width, for I give it to you. And so that's a bit of what we're talking about this morning and even next week is let's just take a look at where we are and where we're going, and let's all catch the vision for what God is doing in and among us individually and collectively as a church family.
0: So good, and so it's just important to nail down the two main things. Like, number one, God has a plan for your life. Like, like, let that just sink in. If you haven't been reminded for that, if you're just kind of going through the motions and just trying to survive and going, going to the job and going to the weekend and living for the weekend, going to the job, like, you can lose the divinely incensed plant of of, a purpose that God has placed in us God has a plan and a purpose for you, and know that he also has a plan and a purpose for the big C church, but also a live family is a little C uh, church of, that helps a local church that makes up part of the global church, right? And he's got a plan for us too, and we've seen it time and time again. When, when those two collide, our personal purpose and our mission and vision for our personal lives, and us getting involved with what God's doing in the church, and they intersect, and you get woven in there, it's a beautiful thing. Like, life clicks Things start to get lined up. God has put everything in us, not just for ourselves and to bring home a paycheck or provide for our family, praise God, but he's done it to help further his kingdom. And when we, when we see beyond the skill sets and the anointings and the gifting that he's given us and how we can use those to help further his kingdom, it is a beautiful thing. But I think it's important, like for, per, for perspective-wise, for us to think about how when God looks at the church and when God looks at the world, what does he see, right? And, and it's important that God sees the church at the center of it all, the center of the story, the center and the most big priority. We, we see Paul say this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23 in the message translation. We love this. It says, the church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church, right? The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. So, so get this, so scripture says that the church is front and center, everything else is less important, all right? doesn't mean it's not important. It's just the church is front and center, right? We understand this word and this phrase peripheral when we talk about peripheral vision, right? For example, if I'm focused in here, I can see one subject on the front row. However, in my peripheral, I see people over here and I see the drum cage over here, right? They're not the main thing. They're not the main focus, but they are there, right? And, and, and God does this with the church. The church is front and center. The world is peripheral. But man, when we get real and honest and we look at the culture that we live in, how far have we traveled from this reality of how God sees it? If we're just to be honest, and we're all guilty of this in some season, the church is peripheral and everything else we do throughout our week is the main thing. My family is the main thing, which family is important. My job is important. I got to put bread on the table. I get it. My, this, that, my kids' sporting events and, and activities and all of this. And then it's like, if we're not busy on Sunday morning, if I'm feeling good, if I don't want to sleep in, if I'll add church in as a peripheral thing and hope that God really blesses my life to the fullest, when in reality, God's like, that's not how it works best. It's when the church and Jesus are at the center and everything else revolves around that is when we put things in their proper place. And so remember the side note, Jesus said what he's building in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. He said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Isn't it cool to be on the team and on the side of something that God is building that nothing can stop? I think that's really cool when we get invited into God's story like this.
1: Yeah, man, we could soak in that all morning. Like, that is a different worldview, right? right? Yeah, it really is. I mean, with everything that has been going on in the world, with COVID-19 and and racial divisions and political stuff and all the chaos of this year, it can be easy to focus on that. And, you know, get anxiety about that because it's so unknown and it's so tense And have the church be over here. But God's saying, No, I want you to be walking through life like, God, okay, there's a lot of stuff going around around me, but God, what are you doing in the church? Because that's where you're moving, right? God is active on the planet in building the church. What is the church? It's not a building, it's us. He's active in building us. The church is the people. So he's active in building us individually, and he's active in building us collectively. Like, that's how God set it up, that that he would move on earth through the church, through us collectively. And it's so backwards, right, from how the world looks at it. Like, like oh, the church is just the secondary thing that I attend. But no, he's like, seek first the kingdom of God. It should be God, like, it should be center and focus, right? Which is which is backwards, but it's of what the world says. But it's how it's how this thing flourishes. It's how our life flourishes when we say, "God, you and your priorities and what you're building is my priorities." And so, church is not something that I attend or I I give to the mission of, but it's something that I am a part of. I'm an active participant in. It's I'm a, it's part of my family. Yes. You know, if I was honest, like most of my life growing up, I was a part of a church, like I attended a church, but I I never, and people would talk about church family, and I, I remember feeling like I don't feel that way about church, and it wasn't until college and then my 20s that I first had that experience where it was like, no, this is family, like I love my blood and my natural family, but church's family—it's more than just coming on a Sunday morning. Like this is the main thing, this community that we're building and the the kingdom that we're a part of, and everything else is additional. Um, and so that's that's just central, right? Yeah, well,
0: that will set you free if you've been struggling with all the headlines and all of that. Just get that thing in the proper perspective. And God you know, is
1: moving on earth.
0: God is moving, yes. you know, but he's moving in the church. Amen?
1: Yes, yes, yes. So yes. good. Okay, back ba- to the story.
0: Back to the story. All right? So we're Here talking we
1: about This Is Us. We're talking about the story that God is writing, and he's writing a story in us individually. He's writing a story in us collectively at Alive, and man, we've been around, the church has been around, this church, Alive Family Church has been around for about three and a half years, and a lot of you guys have joined us recently since being in the new building, joined us recently online. Some of you guys have been with us from the very start and you know the story just as well as we do. Um, but we just want to just real quick recap. Who are we? Where have we been? Where are we going? So the, the, this church has been God-breathed. You know, God is the one that plants the church. God is the head of the church and He he's the one orchestrating everything. And so many years ago, about t- over 10 years ago now, God placed it in our heart to come back to start a life-giving church in our hometown. But we were always like, we're not qualified for that. We definitely don't want to try to make that happen. God, you're going to have to make that super clear that that's supposed to happen. Through a series of events and visions and things that God gave us in the timeline, it's it's crazy how God orchestrated a conversation that our pastors initiated over four years ago now to open up the door and to you know, encourage us. Yes, go. We believe that's what God has called you to do. We support it. It, And it's not in three years, it's right now. And so God initiated that. We came back about four years ago and um, really miraculously over the course of summer of 2017, over the course of three months, God assembled this amazing launch team of everything we needed for a worship. You know, we came back and we didn't lead worship and people are like, who's going to lead worship? And I was like, I can kind of, and Eric's like, "No, <laughs> we need to pray and fast." Um, and so God miraculously assembled a full worship team, all the ki- all the all the gifts and all the talents, kids ministry, everything that we needed to launch in three months. Launched in fall of 2017 um, at Scranton Middle School. Set up and tear down the whole thing, and we were there for two years i I can't remember how long we were there it's all been a blur right with COVID, especially so we were there for a while god did amazing things while we were in that season then COVID hit we were kicked out of the middle school we were online for 31 sundays in 2020 we were online we were meeting in homes we met downtown mill pond at the amp for outdoor worship and then god led us to this building which has been such a blessing and so we've been here since the fall But God is just starting like we're still a newer church and and the story is still yet unfolding. And, um, you know, the unique thing about being part of a newer church as opposed to a church that's been established for 20, 30, 100 years is that this church is still developing and growing and very compared to the vision that's in our heart for the full maturity of this church if we're talking about the story of us, like we feel like we're in the prelude. Like we haven't even got to chapter one yet compared yeah. to all that's in our heart for what yeah. God wants to do through us and how God wants us to impact this community. And so it's challenging sometimes because you come and you're like, I like it how it is. Like, this is us. We we, we love church here. And we're like, yes, we love this too. But there's so much more. And so this series, we're saying, hey, this is awesome. And where we are right now is awesome. But Let's catch where God is going because we are really just in the prelude. Maybe like page one of chapter one.
0: Yeah, seriously. So like we, 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 it's an interesting yet also challenging thing when you become a part of like a, a newer church, right? Because like Eric was saying, you, you join it like in the prelude season, which is a good season, but without any really recollection or understanding of what is to come, right? You're like by faith, like linking up with this new thing that's growing and moving and developing, right? But, but it's, it's a fun journey, but uh, we've heard it said many of times that a church often grows just like people grow in ages and seasons. So if, if that is true and we're only three and a half years old, we're, we're a preschooler in the church world. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we aren't fully mature, fully developed yet. So whether you've been a part of a live for years or you've just joined up or you're just checking us out today for the first time, know that you have not experienced the full maturity of what God has for a live family church yet. And that is exciting because what he's done already has been awesome, but he's not done moving yet. He's not done growing yet. He's not done expanding yet, and he's not done reaching lives yet. Until Jesus cracks those clouds or we go to be with him, we are on mission as a church. And so, man, I'm, I'm excited, but it's important to realize that, hey, from the very beginning, There's always been a vision. God gives vision first, right? And whether you're new or whether you've been with us for a while, we thought it'd be real cool to go through just quickly what our vision is at the church. If you've never heard that or never checked that out, and like preach that a little bit. Why is that the vision? And and that is something that has never changed. Things got crazy during COVID. Our vision and our mission stayed the same. Our methods always have to adapt and change to what's going on. But our mission and our vision should always stay the same. And this is what we see. All right, so we're probably not scratching all the surface yet in these things, but again, this is where we're heading, and it's important to all be heading in the same direction together, otherwise it can get messy, right? So uh, for the vision of a live family church, a couple couple things here. Number one is we are a large family church that is alive. Now, praise God, we aren't very large right now, right, in in terms of church-wise, and it's not about numbers, but we believe God cares about every person in this community, right? But we're heading there, amen? Like, like, we want to reach more people, right? We want to make space for more people to come in and experience a loving relationship with Jesus. So, we are going to be a large family church, whatever that looks like. We'll share some more color to maybe how that could look like in our own community and setting. Um, we are a family church. Hello. You look around, and from birth all the way up to retirement and be empty nest season. We've got every generation represented, even in the congregation, online, and in the kids' ministries. And that is on purpose. We believe God is for every generation, not just this generation or this generation or this one over here. But he wants all of us linking arms together and running hand in hand, moving and advancing God's kingdom in our backyard. And the last thing is we are a church that is alive. Everybody say alive. I stood up on this one because I get excited, all right? Church is not something to be endured. It's something to be enjoyed, amen? But I grew up in a church that I colored, and I hit my brother, and I was like, is this over yet? And that was like 18 years of my church life, and I couldn't wait to get out there and go to eat, and and I I didn't want anything to do with what was going on. But, man, we want to create a culture, and we want Alive to be a church that is alive. It's fun. One of our distinctives, Why we came back, there's a lot of great churches in the area. Why another church? Well, one... Every congregation's auditorium does not have room enough to contain all of Livingston County in it to reach it. And we believe God wants to reach every person, amen? So there's much more room at the table for life-giving churches. But one of the distinctions is, man, could we be a church that's alive Could we be a church that's spirit-filled? Could we be a church, Lord, that is word of faith, teaches the word of God, but is relevant and knows what's going on in the world and knows how to reach people far from God and those that are really deep with God already and join that together? Who wants to be a part of a church that's alive and not dead? Come on, somebody. Amen? God is building that church. Yes,
1: alive, passionate worship, active members, a church fully alive. And so um, a large family or a, a, a large family church that's alive. Next phrase is a friendly gathering where people get to know Jesus. Friendly is there on purpose. Like Eric said, we want this to be a place where people walk in and they get smiled at, where people enjoy being here. And honestly, a lot of times first, first timers, when they come, they say, man, it is a really friendly church. And we're like, good. That's like part of the vision. We want it to be a friendly gathering. where." You know, we saw we heard something recently that um, a lot of times people who don't go to church feel like if they came into the doors of a church, like it would be coming to a wedding that they weren't invited to. Like that's how sometimes it can feel intimidating as an outsider coming into a church. And we would never want that to be the case. You know, we have a phrase here, no perfect people allowed. And we want to be a friendly gathering where it's open doors, come as you are. And so we are that. Um, As a church... Um, by definition, we gather. Like, the church gathers. The method of gathering changed a lot during COVID, right? But we gather. We gather online. We gather in person. We gather frequently, and we're a gathering that helps people know, um, get to know Jesus. We always want Sunday mornings to be palatable for someone who has never opened the Bible before. Like, Where people come in and they understand whether you've been a believer for your whole life or you, this is the first time you stepped foot into a church, that you connect with it, like it's not too deep, it's not, the language is appropriate, that it's a place where all of us, regardless of where we are in our walk with the Lord, can get to know Jesus, Amen. The next phrase is, not only are we a gathering where people can know Jesus, but we're more than that. We're a loving family where people grow in the Lord. Talked about this before. You know, Church is not just attending on Sunday, but it's being a part of a family. It's being engaged in community. And so a loving family, we're engaged in each other's lives. A lot of this happens through small groups or through crews or through serving on the Alive team. You become a, a family with the people that you serve with. And in the midst of that, you know, we believe that life change happens in the context of community. So in the midst of rubbing shoulders on Sunday morning and serving, in the midst of breaking bread in homes midweek in crews, we become a community. We become a family. We hear prayer requests. We bring meals. We pray for one another. We are a family that's growing closer to God.
0: And the last part of the vision is we are a passionate movement where empowered believers serve their generation well. We love this. Again, passion shows up again, right? We are a passionate movement. We're not a monument. Church isn't a building. It isn't a service time, a location. The church is us. This is us. And we are a movement taking ground for the kingdom of God. And we are empowered believers. We are believers that know what God's word says and what God's will is for our life, right? And we don't do that just for our own sake. That's good, and it changes our life. But we do that because we are called to serve our generation. Well, we love what it was said about David and how he served his generation. We get a glimpse into that in Acts chapter 13, verse 36. It says, this cannot be referenced to David for after he, David, passionately served God's purpose for his generation, he died. Wow, that's powerful and profound. He served God's purpose for his generation and then he went to be with the Lord. Man, would that be awesome to say that of Alive Family Church and all of us who call it home and are building what God's building here, that we would serve our generation while passionately empower believers that are taking new kingdom ground and showing people the love of Christ and inviting them into that as well, right?
1: Yeah, man, that scripture has resonated with us personally so for a long time. But really, we all could have been born at any time in history. Right. But God has chose for us to be born in this moment in history, And our generation, a lot of times we have a heart for our generation, the people we went to high school with, the people that are similar seasons of life as us. And, you know, we when we give our life to the Lord, like, you know, we're saved and we could have gone up to heaven immediately, but we're still here to serve our generation. And so we want to leave a legacy. We want to leave an impact in it. And oftentimes it's it's we have the most possibility for impact with our generation. And so man what does that mean for you like there's there's things that God has put in your heart there's people groups there's there's things there's um topics that God has put in your heart and, and, and it seems familiar to you because it's so a part of your DNA, but it's not familiar to other people. Like, not everybody cares about that certain type of person. Not everyone cares about X, Y, Z, but you do. And it's there because it's a part of your divinely implanted sense of purpose to serve your generation and the purpose of God in, in our generation. Amen? Amen. Okay. So we talked about our vision. What do we see? What is our mission? What do we do? You guys have probably heard this before. We exist to help people know God personally and live for him passionately. This is the filter through which we do everything. Know God personally. We're not about religion. We're about relationship. And we want to be a church that both reaches the lost, helps people know God personally, and equips a believer for every good work. And so sometimes churches are one or the other. Sometimes it's more challenging to do both, but we are strongly committed to being a church that someone who's far from God can grow and, and thrive and someone who's been a believer their whole life can do the same. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so this morning we're doing a bunch of broad strokes. We're not talking about a ton of like tangible specifics or methods or whatever of what God has for us in this next chapter. We're going to talk about more of that next week. We're doing some broad strokes of vision this week. We'll get more specific next week.
0: Yeah, and so can we just pause for just a quick second and talk about where we are right now? Because I think it's important to know if we're going to get where God's going, we've got to have a real good identity, uh, confidence in where we're at right now, right? And so we started with 34 adults over three and a half years ago. Last weekend, we had 290 people, whether it be online or in person, join us for our worship experiences, which is awesome. Like, look what God has been doing. Yeah, now that's Easter and all that, but hey, we, we would say we're about a congregation of about 300 ish. Not everybody comes on every Sunday. We've got a lot of people online, but God has done a great thing. But how many of you guys know God's not done yet? There's more people than that in Livingston County. There's more hearts and marriages that he wants to restore. There's more people, more children and more kids that need to grow up in the knowing of, of what God, who God is and how much he loves them, right? Um, last, over the last three years, though, we've seen 37 people go public with their faith through water baptism. 278 people have put their faith in Jesus since we opened up our doors three and a half years ago. Praise God. 37 of those since we just got in this building a short six months ago, which has been incredible. We've had... 29 children dedicated to the Lord. These are all great things. But if we just focus on that, cool, we're good. I kind of like how alive, how it is. Let's not like shake the boat here. Let's just stay comfortable. Man, we're gonna be missing out on what God wants to do next. Everybody say next. There's something coming next. We're gonna talk a lot more specifically. If you're like, dang, I thought we're gonna hear like, five-year, ten-year plan, like, details this morning. Well, hey, this is the cliffhanger, all right? Come back next week. We'll give you a little bit more color and specific to those broad strokes. Amen?
1: Yes, and we do feel like there's a new chapter that we are on the brink of stepping into, and and to step into that next chapter, it's going to take a level up of engagement and leadership for all of us. Okay. Um, You know, Pastor Chris Hodges is kind of a virtual mentor of ours. He pastors Church of the Highlands, and he's the leader over ARC, the church planning organization that uh, Alive came out of, and he always tells his congregation, um, we grow at the speed of your generosity. And there's always, for sure, a financial element to growth. But this morning and and, in this season at Alive, we feel like Alive is going to go to that next season um, Alive is going to grow at the speed of all of our collective engagement yeah. and leadership. Um, we, we are growing at the speed of that, and so we feel like we're on the brink of this next season. And to get there, it's going to take leveling up of all of us on taking the next step, whether that be leadership or, or engagement.
0: So good. And so, church again is not about attendance. It's it's more about engagement, right? We can look at church and decide, did I go to church or did I not go to church, right? Like, no, it's about being engaged, right? And something that we've noticed over the many years, both being a part of another church and then pastoring alive ourselves here is uh, someone normally comes to a live, and usually if, if they like it right off the bat, great. If not, it usually takes around two to four months to find out, like, is this my church home, right? So Many of you guys have been on church shopping adventures where it's like, where am I going to go, Lord? And it's just hard to figure out. You got to know that you're, you're confident in the leadership and you believe in the heartbeat of the church and you like the worship or you like the communication style, a bunch of different factors, right? So around that three to four month mark, if if you haven't engaged yet, if you haven't plugged in yet, if you haven't went deeper than just attending a service, we see a lot of people have the opportunity for spiritual drift in their life because God didn't make us and save us just to attend a church. He made us to be the church, and he's, and he's moving through us, right? Uh, we've been doing a lot of work in the yard recently. I was out there all day yesterday, and uh, I just had this uh, analogy, as Erica was sharing just a minute ago, like God calls us to plant somewhere, Right? Wouldn't it be silly if we went out to Menards or Home Depot or Lowe's or the nursery, got amazing flower that needed to be planted and watered, and we only put it in the ground for an hour on Sunday, and then we ripped that plant up and let it like, go in the garage for the week and then put it back in on Sunday. Is that plant going to grow how it's supposed to? No, right? And a lot of us, we think of Jesus and church as like this extracurricular activity that maybe I'll plug in every now and then and hopefully get the full blessing of the life that God has for me. You taste glimpses of that, but man, we're not even scratching the surface, surface, surface of, of what God wants to do, right? So, so on the flip side, we've seen it go well the other way. Those that do plug in at that two to four month mark after they've gotten a feel for the church and receives from the ministry themselves and, and have gotten built up in that, that their life takes off, right? Because their divinely incensed plan of purpose is also connecting with God's eternal purpose for the church and building the church. And like I said, that just adds fuel to the fire. And so I'm here to tell you not to uh, shame you or try to persuade you or anything, just for your own spiritual growth and benefit. Man, if you've been attending for a while and you're not engaged yet, what does that mean? That, that isn't for the single ladies trying to get married, all right? And when I say engaged, I'm talking about like in the life of the church, all right? Uh, Like, are you in a crew yet? Have you joined a small group? Are you serving on the Alive Team, using your gifts to help further the kingdom, right? Are you taking a Bible basics class? Engage. I really encourage you. I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you for your own spiritual benefit, not for the growth of the church's benefit, although that's a byproduct. When you grow, the church grows, amen? When you take your next step of faith, you make room for the next person to come up behind you and take that next step of faith. And so that is a powerful thing. If you've been in a crew since we've launched and led crews, man, maybe it's time to lead a crew. It's time to open up a space where other people can connect in community and relationship and and, and allow other people to then attend a crew because you're now leading a crew. Eric and I were talking, man, what could the church look like if we doubled our crews right now? We have about six to seven active crew leaders, What if we doubled that in the next month for our summer crew launch and we had 15 to 20 small group opportunities, interest groups, Bible studies, men's groups, women's groups, play date groups, all of this every season, and we had more space for people inside the church and outside the church to connect in community. We are all starving for relationships and community. This last year has been really rough mentally for us because we are created to do life together with people, not through a screen, amen? And so it's stolen something from us, and we are hungry to get outdoors where it's safer and more sanitary and and, and do some stuff together with groups, right? And so I wanna encourage you, if you've got a group on your heart, man, now is the time to step out in faith, right? We see it in Ephesians chapter four, verses 15 and 16. Paul kind of tells it to us this way. He says, instead, speaking the truth in love,
1: Yes, it's so good. Yeah, as we all do our part, the body grows. You grow individually, and we all grow collectively. And Eric hit on it, but really, as we go into the summer, as we go into this next season of the church, community, growth in the area of community is the biggest focus. It is for sure the biggest felt need in the world. Like everyone has been isolated for over a year now. And people, we need each other. And it's a spiritual, community is a spiritual answer to a felt need. When you look in the, in the beginning, when God created Adam and Eve, um, you know, God created, you know, the world, and he created Adam, and he created the animals. And then in Genesis 2.18, we see the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to, to him. And so God is saying, hey, sin has not entered the world yet, but something is not good about God's creation. And the spiritual answer to that problem was not to pray more or read the Bible more or attend church more. It wasn't good. There was a problem on earth and it wasn't sin. And, God, and the spiritual answer that God had was community. Sometimes we can be like, oh, we're talking about community. Yeah, I could join a small group or I couldn't join a small group. Like, it's not really that big of a deal. No, it's a huge deal because we were made for community. Iron sharpens iron, and, and we are better together. Life change happens in the context of community. And so God didn't say, Adam, you need to pray more. Adam, you need to go to church more. Adam, you need to read your Bible more. He said, no, Adam, you need community. You need a friend. You need someone who knows you, and there's something so powerful. You know, I was one of my really, really dear friends just moved um, to China recently, in the midst of all this COVID stuff, and she's been over there for a while now, like half a year, almost a year, and she was in her church is online. You know, churches have not opened up over in China at all, and so it's fully online, and churches an hour away anyways, and and they. Um, and so she told me the other day, she said, I have been here for almost a year and I have not met a single Christian. And she says, I'm feeling it. You know, like we tune in online and, you know, we've kind of tried to do the small group thing online. And, um, but, you know, I'm part of these international communities. I'm part of my kids' school and I'm meeting people. I'm always kind of mentioning Jesus or mentioning church to see if they'll bite on it. And I have not met a single Christian. And she goes, I'm feeling it because we need each other. God, God is building the church. He's building us because we're meant to live together in community. We're better together.
0: So good. So how, how, I think we all want to reach more people. We all want to grow community, right? So how do we do that? Well, that it's Eric and I starts from the top down completely at the church. And it's this, it's all of us taking our next step in leadership, whatever that looks like. And for, for, for those of you guys that attend and aren't engaged, that's, hey, I'm going to start on the live team, or I'm going to join a crew. In May, we'll have crew signups for all of our summer small groups, or our crews is what we call them. And, and we, hey, that's a great next step to get involved in that. Maybe it's for you to just get engaged in the life of the church, serve, come and start attending regularly, start giving financially, bringing the tide to the storehouse. Whatever that looks like, do something to raise the level of leadership in your own spiritual journey. Because as you grow, remember, the church grows, right? Um, and, and if you're engaged in the church but you're not leading, man, uh, these crews are a huge, great opportunity for many of us to get some leadership experience and connect with people, all right? Seriously, is there a crew that is not at live currently that you would love to have, right? Like you look on the online and you're like, I don't see this one here. Nine out of ten times, you know what happens? You're the next leader of that crew. You're like, no, I just wanted to bring it up so somebody else could lead it and trash their house, right? And, and I just wanted to be a part of it. No, if that's pa- if you're passionate about it, like, why don't you have that crew? Because it's on your heart, and God wants you to do something with it, brother. All right, like that—that's always the answer. But we always like, well, no, you lead it, Pastor, and I'll come to it. Uh, it's like, well, no, you lead it because that raises the level of leadership, right? Is there a a couple in the church or a few couples in the church that you've really hit it off and you just love hanging out and you want like a formalized excuse to have like a twice a month hangout together, whether it be hanging out, watching TV or grilling or barbecuing or whatever. We have interest crews at Alive too, not just Bible study based ones. And those are great for the summer. So if you want to get around and, barbecue some meat if you want to y'all love dogs and you want to go to the dog park and let your dogs run around and lick each other that's great uh for me maybe maybe i'll start an ice cream crew we'll just sit around and stare at each other and eat a gallon of ice cream like like i think that would be the most life-giving thing for me midweek uh to do because you guys know my love for ice cream like like it uh, sounds like a support group pastor you need help hi hi my name's eric and i'm addicted to ice cream right it's like hi eric all right so uh, do you have a prayer on your heart? Lead a prayer crew. Well, what do we pray about? What the Lord leads you to pray about? What are you passionate about? Do you have an outreach or evangelism on your heart? Lead an evangelism crew. Lead an outreach crew. Whatever God places on your heart, as we all step up to make space, that allows other people to get into that and we can reach some more people. And we've had many times people will attend a crew before they ever attend a church service. And that's good. This isn't us four no more. You can't get in, right? We don't wanna be like that wedding culture where it's like, I'm walking into somebody else's wedding that I wasn't invited to, and that's the church. Unfortunately, that's many people's experience. Man, it needs to be an open invite to everybody, and maybe they would connect at your house on your deck looking at that beautiful backyard and not here on a Sunday morning. Let's start that journey there and celebrate that. Amen? And so, man, we, we need to find one or two other people that maybe are passionate about something we're passionate about, and then you have a crew, right? That's how yeah, it starts.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Gotta wrap this up.
1: Um, yeah, we're talking. We're a little passionate about Sorry, this. Sorry, we're
0: we're, we're, a little fired we're, up here. we're
1: closing up. We're closing up. We're,
0: when we're a pastor says we're closing up, that means nothing, all right. So just know, like, you're like, oh, we got 30 more minutes. Shoot, Yeah. Somebody, somebody, get Grubhub going. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go.
1: Yes, and so hey, if you're pa- we we really believe it, it's so you make a difference in other people's life when you lead a crew, and you are so fulfilled in, in the midst yeah. of it. And so you might be like, okay, so how do I do that? I don't feel qualified, I've never been trained. How do I do this? How do you be a crew leader? Number one, you got to be passionate about something, and God has put that something in your heart for a reason a, a people group or a hangout or whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, number two, you got to be you, you can't be the only person excited about it. So, hey, I'm starting this crew, and no one signs up. It, it really helps. <laughs> If you shoulder tap a couple of people and you say, hey, I'd really like to lead this crew, would you be interested? Would you you be down to maybe help me lead it or would you for sure be there? So get passionate about something that you can lead, a community you can lead. Find two or three. Two Like one or two other people that are like, yeah, I would love to be a part of it. Let's do it. So you for sure have a crew of at least three people. And then attend the next new crew leader training, which is not next Sunday, but the Sunday after. We'll talk about it at the end of service. It'll be after service on April 25th. It's a couple hours training. We'll do free pizza, and you'll be ready to go. We also ask that crew leaders take one one basics to have a a foundational understanding about Scripture. And that's it. And then you lead a crew in... And it's so life-giving. And, you know, here's the deal. God said, um, get saved and make disciples. He didn't say get saved and attend church. Matthew 26 or 28, 19, Jesus says, go. There should be action to our faith. There should be engagement to our faith. We should be doing something with our faith. Go, be active, and make disciples, Go and lead a crew. Go and serve on the Alive team. Go and have action to your faith. Man, when we die and go to heaven, the only two things on earth that are eternal is the word of God and people. That's the only thing we bring to heaven. So when we, we leave a legacy on earth by investing into the kingdom of God through the word and through people— And so, man, that's so encouraging and so challenging. And and can we just be honest up front? Like, leading a crew is a sacrifice. You're like, number one, you might be like, okay, I don't feel qualified. Yeah, none of us are. You just got to step out of the boat and do it, right? We'll train you. We'll equip you. But you just got to take that first step. And, yes, there is a commitment. Yeah, you're gonna have to clean your house, or you can lead a crew and ask someone to host it. That's really great. You just come and lead, and they clean your house. Trash their house and then
0: leave. That's That's the best. Uh, We like those (laughs) crews.
1: Or I can meet at a park. You don't even have to clean your house. Um, (laughs) Yeah, there's a time commitment. There's a commitment involved in it it's a sacrifice of time it's an investment of time and of your life but man it's so fulfilling it's a way that we serve the lord and and i've talked to some crew leaders recently who have stepped out in and at first they were really hesitant like oh i don't know what if no one signs up and i don't know like i don't feel qualified but now the fruit of their crew so many lives impacted so many relationships built it it has become a crew that someone that it's the it's the text it's the group text thread that you text your prayer request to and has become so life-giving simply because they stepped out to lead a crew wow
0: that is powerful and so as we wrap up i think we all agree we want to leave our mark we want to leave a legacy we want to build what jesus is building his church right and when Jesus is building his church, remember, it means he's building us because we're the church, amen. He's got a plan and a purpose for each and every one of our lives individually, but he's got a beautiful story that he's writing for the Big C Church that we're a part of us. And, and this is us. We are a live family church, unashamedly, and we're not where we are or need to be yet, but we're not where we used to be, and we're on a journey, amen. Praise God and God's grace and his mercy and his Holy Spirit's leading and guidance and his power and anointing will continue to take us further, but we have an action step. We have a part to play, right? As we step up and lead, the church grows and we grow as well. And so the, the action step or maybe something to ponder and pray as you leave today is, God, where do you want me to place myself in this beautiful story here at Alive? Like, where is my place? Where is my purpose? And take the next step of faith. If that's joining a crew, do it. If that's leading a crew and you're scared to do that, do it. If that's, hey, I'm going to start, I'm going to take a Bible basis class and learn more about the Bible and get more serious about my faith, do it. Because man, life is short and we've only got a limited amount of time. And man, when we plant and when we engage, that's when church actually gets enjoyable and fun. Amen. And so we're a part of something much bigger than ourselves and uh, God is writing this beautiful story and we, we feel blessed and honored to be on journey with you guys. And we're excited to share more specifics of what maybe it looks like in the future to reach the people God has called us to reach next week. So don't miss next week. But let me pray for us to respond to that challenge of stepping up in leadership wherever it's at. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. And uh, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your presence here today. We thank you, Lord, that you've given each and every one of us a divinely sense of purpose planted in our hearts. Lord, you also have a beautiful purpose for the church. And Lord, we ask you that you would collide those, let those intersect today. Lord, show us the purpose that you have, show us our gifts, show us how you've wired us, what we're passionate about, what makes us beat, what makes us come alive, Father God, and help show us where that fits in the story of our local church here at Alive. Lord, what you wanna do, the people that you want us to impact, the people that you want us to reach, the space that you want us to make, the leadership that you want us to step up into. Lord, life's too short to just play church, attend, leave and go on with our week. But Lord, people are out there that need the hope of Jesus. And we're here for such a time as this. And so Lord, stir us up. Holy Spirit, fan into flame that fire within each and every one of us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Lord, this is a beautiful story. And we count it an honor that we get to be a part of it. But Lord, lead us and guide us what our next step is personally. We just trust that you give us the courage to step out in faith, and, and be obedient to what you speak to our hearts in this moment. Lord, we love you. We praise you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody greets that, Amen. Well, hey, I know we've been a little longer than normal, but I just want to, as we wrap up, I, I never like to end a service without giving any of you, both here in person or online, an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. See, I grew up in church for eighteen years, and I didn't know you could have a personal relationship with Jesus. I thought it was just a religious thing. But man, God is writing this story. The best chapter in everyone's story is when we realize that, man, we can't do it on our own, amen? We need help. We messed up. We miss it. And it's like pick your own ending book. Remember those as a kid, like you got one or two paths, like you're, you're either going to do yourself and do you and do that, or, or you're going to submit yourself and invite Jesus into your life and allow God to mold you and shape you and help you really connect with what fulfills you and what pushes you forward in life. And that's your God divine purpose that he wants to plan in you. But you can't discover that unless you ask God into your heart, ask Jesus in your heart and, and invite him into that personal relationship with him. And Here's the good news, it's not super complicated. You don't have to come to church 18 times first, put a bumper sticker on your car and then pray a prayer. You just say, hey, I don't have it all figured out, but I know I need Jesus. And I wanna invite him into my heart. And so if everybody could just bow your heads and close your eyes in this moment here in person and no moving around or clicking around online as well, reverence this moment, I believe it's for some of you watching as well today. You'd be honest with me and say, hey, today, Pastor Eric, I, I want to know that I'm gonna spend eternity in heaven and I want to find my place and my purpose in God's story whether you've never prayed this prayer or you prayed it a long time but ago, but you wanna recommit your life with every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna call you up. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm gonna pray a prayer in a second. And I wanna know if there's anybody that I can join and link my faith with to pray this prayer. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you and you wanna receive Jesus for the first time or recommit your life, would you just slip up your hand so I know who I'm praying with today and who I've got in store for that? Amen, amen. And online as well. Let's pray this. Say this after me, church. Say, Heavenly Father, Thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart, change my life, and help me live a life of purpose for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's celebrate with those that prayed that prayer. For the first time, or rededicated their lives. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, Visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.